Masechet Baba Kama Daf Ayin Gimel. Yesterday we saw a machloket between Ravan Abaye about whether Edim Zomin become disqualified from the time that the Edim Mizimim come and on, or retroactively from the time uh, that they gave the original testimony. So for example, if some witnesses came and said, we saw this guy, he stole this ox, right? And they give this testimony on Sunday. And then there turns out there that they are Edim Zomamin on Thursday, right? Other witnesses come and say, no, they couldn't have seen that because they were with us. So from what date, do the, uh, these Edim Zoramin become disqualified? Is it just from Thursday on? That's what Ava says. It's a Chidush, or we want, we want to mess things up from retroactively. And so Ava says from Thursday on. Abaya, however, says, we now, now we know that their original testimony was false. So therefore, they were the Sha'im already from Sunday. And anything from Sunday on um, will be uh, disqualified. Uh, they were disqualified from then already. All right, that was the machloket between these two amodaim, and now we're going to attempt to make it a par- make a parallel uh, to the following two tanaim lema ketanae. Uh, so let's see if this works. Uh, we're going to attempt. We're going to reject this argument. This is a brayta that's very similar to our mishnah that there was a set of witnesses, two people that testify about a certain man that he's a thief and he stole someone's ox. And the same two witnesses also testify that the thief slaughtered it. And then the uh, some edim, mizimim, right? The second set of witnesses say that these guys were with us on that day of the geneva. So they could not have seen the theft. Um, now, once... Uh, we cancel out the uh, the testimony about the theft. So then, uh, once the once part of it is canceled, all of it is canceled because if there's no proof that these two guys stole the animal, then there's no make, makes no difference whether they slaughtered it or or not. It could very well be that they did slaughter it, but slaughtering it is not a prohibition because maybe they own it. And so they would not certainly not pay. So in this case, um, because they did testify that it was stolen and they became Edim Zomamin, they have to pay for what they would have caused this alleged thief to pay. And therefore, they have to pay double. However, the second part of the testimony about slaughtering, even if it's true that they slaughtered it, that would by itself would be no payment, and uh, this uh, and that was canceled. Once once there's no geneva, then the whole issue of tevicha makes no difference, and therefore we just uh, erase that completely. Right? They were retro retroactively disqualified, or even if they weren't retroactively disqualified, the fact that they were never uh, are proven to have stolen it. Um, means that they, uh, whether they slaughter or not, doesn't matter. So in that case, they only have to pay two. However, the same case as before, the same two witnesses testify that this thief stole it and also that they he, they slaughtered it. Um, and then he, um, the Adim uh, Zoramim uh, come and say, no, they could not have seen the slaughter because the time that they alleged the slaughter was, they were with us somewhere else. So in that case, the original, the first testimony by Geneva stands because that was never rejected. And so the thief has to pay double because that, that, that um, testimony is good. Um, but the fact that they slaughtered it, that they became Adim Zoramim about, so they thieves tried to make him pay three more times 
the double, the double. So therefore, the edim zomin have to have to pay three times the amount for an ox, two times the amount for a sheep. Okay, that's Tanakama. Amar Biyoseh, continuing the same Baraita. All that is true if it's two separate testimonies. Then it makes sense to say, well, if the first testimony is found to be a Zimzomin, then there was never a Geneva. So, but they have to pay for a Geneva, but if there was never a Geneva, they don't have to pay anything for the for the Tebicha. And it also makes sense that if they invalidate the Tebicha, um, then the testimony about, testimony about the Geneva stands. So all that makes sense if it's two separate testimonies. We'll define exactly what that means. But if it's all one testimony, then once any part of it is, is, is canceled, is invalidated, then the whole thing is thrown out because it's all part of one testimony. So let's first define what does this mean? What is the category of two testimonies and one testimony? How do you tell which one is which? If you think that two testimony means literally two different sets of witnesses, and so therefore one testimony means one set of witnesses who come first about the the theft, and then uh, sometime later, an hour later, a day later, they testify about the slaughter. So if that's what it means, and then in that case, if you say that this is what these these words mean, then it wouldn't really make sense according to the, for the Biyoseh's ruling, because that means the Biyoseh would be saying that when you have one testimony, which we just defined as one set of witnesses that that uh, testify separately, first about the Geneva, and then after some time about the slaughter. So when they testify about Geneva first, and then about the Tevicha after, and they become a Dim Zomamin regarding the slaughter, they were never there, they couldn't have seen that, uh, that slaughter. So would you say that because uh, part of it was canceled, the whole thing was canceled because they were became a Dim Zomamin uh, regarding the Tebicha, that uh, they should also become a Dim Zomamin regarding the Geneva, that's what Abiyoseh said. Abiyoseh said, when it's katehat, then we throw the whole thing out, right? Remember his words here. Uh, you throw the whole thing out. But why? From, from where, where would you derive that from? What reason would you have to throw out the, the testimony about the Geneva just because the testimony about the Tevicha was found to be false, how does that affect the earlier testimony, which was on a separate occasion? So this would make no sense. When it says two testimonies, it means uh, one testimony that's like two testimonies. What does that mean? It means all the cases are talking about one set of witnesses. That same sense of witnesses are testifying about both things. So, Two witnesses, two testimonies, means the same set of witnesses on two separate occasions. First, they do about Geneva, and then sometime later about the Tebicha. But if it's one testimony, meaning in one on one occasion, right, they come to court and at the same sitting, they testify about both the Geneva and the Tebicha, 
that is uh, when we say if you throw if they're if they're found to be edim zoamin about one part of it, then we throw out the whole thing, right? Remember the geneva and the tevicha; those happen on separate times, separate hours, separate days. So they saw that 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 testa, they, the fact that they testified to those things, that they saw those things happen, they saw them whenever they happened, which was on different times. But they come to court and they tell us about it; they testify about it all on one occasion in one sitting. Okay, so that's what Abiyo, that's what the cases are talking about. Now, it must be therefore that Rabbi Yosef thinks, And everybody everybody thinks, both Rabbi Yosef and Rabbanan, they think that if you say something within a short period, in other words, if you say statement A, and then you just pause for less than the amount of time it would take, to say, give a greeting to your rabbi. We'll see that uh, in a second. Let's say it's two seconds. Uh, so if they if they continue speaking and on, don't break for more than two seconds, then we consider that all one statement. Um, this is true in lots of areas of halacha, like in uh, prayers. And so here you t- they testify about the geneva, and then they pause for one second. That's not called a pause. They continue into Tevicha, that's all considered one continuous statement. So let's assume that everybody agrees with that. Uh, obviously, we're going to reject this um, soon, but right now we're accepting it. So if we ex- accept all these definitions and this principle, then So it seems that they're arguing along the lines of Abaye, uh, Ravan Abaye, and uh, such that Rava thinks that, like Rava did, um, that one of the test of the uh, witnesses are disqualified only from the time of Hazama and on. And since uh, it's from that time and on, um, they become disqualified. So they only, we're only going to throw out the Tevicha. That's what the thing that they said second, um, so that they have to pay the three. Um, if they, if the Dimzomin come and say they were, they couldn't have seen the Tevicha. So the Tevicha, we're going to throw out that testimony and they have to pay three. But regarding the Geneva, they did not become uh, d- disqualified because the, the witnesses didn't say anything about the Geneva that they were with us at that time. And that's why they, uh, the thief would have to pay two and the Dimzomin would have to pay three in that case, right? Because we do not say that they, were all um, uh, that they were uh, disqualified retroactively. So it's only from the Tevicha on, and the testimony about the Geneva stands. And it seems that Biyose would hold that they are disqualified retroactively, like Abaye said, and therefore what they become disqualified from the moment that they start speaking, from that they start testifying. Uh, therefore, if they become a dimzomin regarding the tevicha, even though they said that in the second half of their statement, um, they are going to be a dimzomin also for the geneva, because they said the whole thing in one statement. And so therefore, since they said the whole thing in one statement, once the second half of their statement 
becomes um, edim, they become edim zomin, they are retroactively uh, disqualified from the very beginning of their uh, testimony, right? Which was all said within one uh, within one statement, and so that's the retroactive part of it is just from the end of their statement to the beginning of the statement, and so you see here that the Biyoseh thinks that we disqualify them retroactively, like Abaye. So should we say that the Machloket Amoraim parallels this Machloket Tanaim, which is always difficult to say because then you know Ravash should just say I hold like Rabbanan, Abaye can say I hold like Biyoseh. Why are they regurgitate? a machloket that was already there. So we reject this parallel and it's kind of obvious that we're rejecting it. It seems like this, even this hypothesis is only here to set us up to bring in this topic of toch kede dibur. So amri'i toch kede dibur ki dibur nifsal. No, no. If, if, you re, if we accept the principle that speaking within a short time lapse of less than two seconds is considered a continuous speech, then if if that were the case, if that were the were the true principle, then everybody would agree that once part of a statement is disqualified, the whole thing will be disqualified because it's all part of one statement. And so if it was really all even a banan would agree that if they become disqualified regarding the tibicha, then this is not retroactive. It's all one statement, right? You don't need to go back in time and say, oh, okay, since, uh, since Monday, it's just that part of your statement was nullified, then, then the whole thing is nullified and everybody would agree to that. So that this is that's the the reason for the biose, not because he follows Abaye and he says, oh, you you know, even though that they, they became dimzimizmin uh, on on Monday, uh, on Thursday, we're going to go back to Sunday and everything since then. That that's a case where it's all separate things that they did on Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, Wednesday. They become disqualified from then. But here the, the biose's reasoning is uh, simply because we consider it one statement. And therefore, you turn out to be liars if part of you know, if you fill out a form and uh, part of it is false, and we throw out the whole thing. Um, okay. Rather, they're arguing about this very principle, nothing to do with Abaye and Rava, but retroactive. No, it's simply about whether if if you say two statements but they're separated by um, uh, by uh, just one second. Is that considered two separate statements, or is it considered one considered one continuous statement? The the rabbanan think that um, it's not like one continuous statement, and therefore, even though they were sit there in one sitting and they said we saw him steal it, and now they waited just a tiny bit, and then they um, said we saw him uh, 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 slaughter it. Well, the Edim Zohamin came and said um, we they couldn't have seen the slaughter, so that part is rejected. But the first part still stands, right? Because the rabbis will consider it two separate statements as long as they paused even a bit. Uh, whereas Rabbi Yosef says that if they only pause for a very short time, then we consider it all one statement, and therefore if any part of the statement is nullified, the whole thing is nullified. Okay, so that's the that's the answer. It really has nothing to do with the retroactive uh, retroactivity. It's all about whether um, a pause is considered a break or not.
So we just established that a Biyoseh thinks that um, we do a less than two second pause is like nothing. We, it's all a continuous statement. Um, this would mean that uh, it has two consequences. One, if you say A and B, then it's A and B are all there together. Together, It also will have a consequence if you change what you were just said, right? Like if you say the wrong beracha, um, you, you, right, you said, um, and then you realized that you're actually eating a Danish. As long as you change it within less than two seconds um, of pause, right? You say, oh, and you say the right thing. So you can undo what you just said and and substitute the second thing so that's permitted um so that's the other way that it makes a difference uh, that as long as it's a um a very very short pause we consider it as if not a pause but you're fixing what you had said that would be a, a second consequence of what Rebiose said. So Rebiose would say, yeah, it's, you can undo what you said, or it's, con, it's a continuous statement. We put them all together. We have a contradiction where Rebiose seems to say the opposite. Someone has an animal, and he designates it, and he wants to make a temura. He has one animal that's consecrated. Now the law is, if you have a consecrated animal and you try to switch it, it doesn't work. The original is holy, and the second one that you try to substitute it for also becomes holy. So let's say you have you have an Ola, you have a Shelamim, these are holy animals, and now you go to another, a third animal that is not holy. And uh, you say, this animal is going to be a Temura for my Korban Ola. Um, so if you would stop there, then this th- new animal will become a, itself a korban ola. The old one will still be also a korban ola. Um, but then, as you're saying it, you change your mind and you say timurat shelamim, right? No, no, timurat shelamim. You say it very, very quickly, right? Within two seconds. Um, so what is the law? According to the Bimeir, it remains a Timurat Ola. You can't change your mind. Once you make something a Timurat, uh, uh, once you say Timurat Ola and the animal becomes an Ola, you can't undo it and make it a Shelamim, so it stays the same. Rabbi Yosef says, we ask him, what did you mean by saying these two statements uh, back to back? If he meant that he wants to make this third animal as a substitute, in fact, for both the Korban Ola and the Korban Shelamim, he wants to put two into one, but you just can't say, right? God can say uh, two things in one utterance, but human beings can't say what two things in one utterance. So since he can't say two things, that he just said it back to back, but he really means for both of them to apply, then his words, uh, his statement stands and it's not changed. How does the statement stand? How could it be Ola and Shelamim? What we do is we take this animal that he tried to make a substitute, we let it uh, pasture until it gets a blemish and we sell it. With the funds, we use half of it for an Ola and half of the funds for a Shelamim. Uh, but if we ask if his intention was to make it fully a substitute of an Ola, and then he changed his mind and he says, no, you know what? I don't want it to be a Timura. I want it to be a Timura, a substitute for a Shelamim. Well, you can't do that. You can't. Once, once you make it an Ola, you can't change it 
and undo that. So the, only the first label sticks, that's an Ola, and the Shalamim is meaningless. So that is the Mishnah. When we analyzed this Mishnah, we asked, Nimlach Pishita. What you, the second case where he, he says, my intention was I wanted to change my mind. Obviously, you can't change your mind. Once you made it a Timurab an Ola, it's going to be an Ola. You can't undo that. So why would I have to even say that? The papa says is that he said these statements back to back within a pause of only one second. And the chidush is that, according to the Biyoseh, even though he only paused for such a short time, we might have said, oh no, it's okay, we, 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 you could undo your statement because you fixed it right away, the one second rule. And therefore, oh, you know, it's as if you never said Timurat Ola and you only said Timurat Shalamim. You might have thought that Tokede Dibur is like Dibur and it was one continuous statement and therefore the second statement erases the first. And therefore, he said, that that's why he has to give us the Chidusha to say, not so. If you say Timurat Ola Timurat Shalamim, even though you said it back to back, um, with just one second pause. Um, nevertheless, we do not say that um, two statements, Toke de Dibur, is like one continuous. You've finished, you put a period, that's it, uh, an end. And uh, Timurat Shalim cannot change that. What do we see here? That we see according to the Biyose that uh, a statement, Toke de Dibur, is not considered a continuous statement that the second can undo the first. This contradicts what we said earlier. So we answer as follows, Amri, Tere Toke de Dibur There are actually two different time periods that are both called Toke de Dibur and the Braita above and this Mishnah were assuming Two different definitions. Um, there's two definitions. Um, one is how long it would take for a student to greet a ma- uh, his teacher, and the other, how long it would take a teacher to greet the student. When it said that uh, we, we said that Rabbi Yosef does not think that it's one considered one period. He was assuming the longer one, which is when a student uh, uh, greets a rabbi and he says, Shalom Alecha Rabbi Umori. That's four words. Uh, that will take, um, you know, over two seconds to say. And uh, therefore, since that's a long time, we say, uh, you said Timurat Ola. And then you think about Mori, uh, right? Two, three seconds later. Then he said, "No, I want to change my mind." Timurat Shelamim. So that's too long. Rabbi says, says, "Sorry, you finished your sentence. The second one can, is not a continuation and can't undo the first one." But in the when we was talking about the Mishnah, um, uh, where he, the testam, the, they testify and they say he stole it and he also slaughtered it. That was when they said the two parts of that testimony within the time it takes for a student, for a master to greet a student. A master, a teacher only tells a student, Shalom Alecha. He doesn't have to add to be umori, he doesn't taste Hamidi. He says a shorter version, Shalom Alecha, which is only one and a half seconds. Uh, it's less than two seconds, whatever, however you want to estimate this. Um, and therefore, if it's only the time it takes Shalom Alecha to be or less, then that is considered one statement. And that's the reason why uh, according to the Biyose, when the second, when the, uh, they become Edim Zohamin regarding the Tibicha, then that undoes the whole thing. 
because they said it only within this this one second uh, time lapse, and therefore, since part of it was canceled, the whole thing is canceled. Whereas Rabbanan would say that no, as long as uh, you have a shalom alecha, that that uh, uh, even less than that, it breaks it breaks the time, um, and uh, the, if there's any any gap at all, they're considered two separate statements, and just because the second one was canceled doesn't say anything about the first, and therefore the first stands, and the thief would have to pay double, and the Edim Zohamin would have to pay only the three. Now that we brought up one law about Edim Zohamin, Rava has another chidush about this topic, Amar Rava. Edim Shehuch Hashu Ulbasof Huzmu Neheragin Let's say you have two witnesses that testify that a certain guy is a murderer and therefore is deserving of capital punishment. Then a second set of witnesses comes and says, no, we testify that that um, defendant is not the murderer. So these are contradictory witnesses, right? So now we have two against two. This is not a dimzoamin. It's just, I say, one says he is the murderer, one says he's not the murderer. Okay. Now, uh, at this point, we're not going to kill that guy because it's contradictory testimony. All right. And then a third set of witnesses comes and says, the first set of witnesses that said this guy is a murderer, they couldn't have even said anything because they were with, with us in Chicago at a ball game. They could not have possibly been there to testify. Now, the first set are Adim Zohamin, Ravaz Chidush is that those first set, they get capital punishment. Even though their testimony was already contradicted, Nevertheless, even after a contradiction, you can still have um, Edim Zoramin. Why? Because that the contradiction is just the beginning of the Hazama process. When you say that the, when um, Edim Mizimim come and say these witnesses could not have been there, could not have testified they were in a different place, you're also saying that they're false, right? That the testimony is false. It's just an additional layer that they couldn't even possibly have been there at all. So the hachasha of the second set of witnesses is really just a preparation for the third set of witnesses that make them edim zomamin, right? It's just that the process has not yet been completed. And so they get capital punishment. What's my proof? <clears throat> he has a proof from a, a b'raita and a long discussion about this b'raita. Detenya. We're going to analyze this baraita and see exactly what the case is. But basically, there's some, some slave owner owns a slave, Evid Kanaani, who goes free if either the owner knocks out his eye or his tooth. The slave will go free. So two witnesses come and say, we know that this slave master, first he blinded the eye of his slave, at which point the slave would then go free. And now he's a free man. And then this guy also knocked out his tooth. At that point, he'll have to pay for for the tooth because now he's a free person. It's like anyone going and knocking out the tooth of a, of, a, of a free person. Let's say, for example, that a tooth is worth $1,000, an eye is worth $10,000. So they're making, the, the based on their testimony, they're making this owner, number one, lose the value of his slave, and also that he's going to have to pay this former slave $1,000. Now, there we have a curious line that, and that, the, the, that the, the master says so. This means that this testimony is good for the master. We're going to explain further 
what is good about the master about this, that the master would be happy about this testimony. Seemingly, he wouldn't be happy that he has to pay anything at all. Um, okay, now it turns out that that set of uh, witnesses are edim zomemin. Those witnesses have to pay the amount of an eye to the slave. Um, this is curious. What, why would he have to pay an eye to the slave? The eye was just there. They, uh, he, what should happen is that he, they, uh, they, the, witness, the witnesses who were found edim zomemin should have to pay the value of the slave to the master, because they, then, based on testimony, the, the slave was going to go free. They would lose; he would lose the master. Um, and uh, furthermore, they would have to pay the amount of the tooth also uh, to the master um, if it, um, if they uh, that because the master would have had to pay the slave or pay to the slave because the slave was going to receive that money, and now they're not receiving that money. But why would I have to pay the amount of the eye? Because no one would have paid that amount anyway. So these all these are all important questions. What is the case? If we take it at face value, that there's only one set of edim. I mean, one one set of edim that testified about this, and then there's edim zomin after that. Then Why would the edim zomin, once they're found to be zomin, have to pay the value of an eye to the slave? By knocking out his eye, since that was done first, um, that gives the slave his freedom. So why would he have to pay for the value of the eye if he got his freedom based on that? Why should there be any payment of the eye and why should it go to the eye? Furthermore, what they should say is that the Zomemin have to pay the amount of the slave to the master who who we he, because of their accusation would have if they were it was if their testimony was ratified they would have let the slave go would have lost the slave and also says oh the master would agree with that why would the master like this be happy with this testimony does he want his slave to go free does he want to have to pay for the tooth what what is this what does this mean so this uh, uh, face value makes no sense. Rather, there's multiple sets of witnesses, three altogether. Um, the first set of witnesses come and say that the master knocked out his tooth and then his eye, which means after knocking out the tooth, the slave goes free. After knocking out the eye, then the master will have to pay the slave $10,000 the value of the eye. And now a second set of witnesses come and they are Edim Machishim. They're contradictory witnesses, not Zomamin. And they say, They say, no, everything you said happened, but it was in the opposite order. First, he knocked out his eye and then his tooth. In that case, Therefore, once he, the master, knocks down his eye, he goes free for the eye. And only then his tooth. And so then, in this case, them, uh, if, if they are ratified, then the master only has to pay for the amount of the tooth, $1,000, which is less, much less, because they have contradicted the testimony of the first guy. Now it makes sense. That's why the master, that's why it says, and the master would say so, the master would agree with me. The second set of witnesses say, because the master is happy about this news. In either case, he, he loses the slave, but beforehand he would have had to pay um, only, uh, he would have had to pay 
uh, $10,000 for losing the eye, but now the second set of uh, uh, witnesses come and say, uh, no, it was the tooth that happened second, so he only has to pay 1000 This is, oh, that's good news. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. And then the third set of witnesses would come, and they are the Edim Mizimin. They're the ones that say that the second set of witnesses, they could not have testified. They were with us in a different place. Um, so because of that, they have to pay the uh, the um, the second set of witnesses um, have to pay the amount of the eye to the slave because based on their testimony um, the they would have uh, if they if they had never come then and he only had the first set of witnesses the master would have said we we assumed oh they went he went free because of the uh, uh, teeth and then the master would have paid the slave ten thousand dollars when the second set of witnesses come based on that testimony the slave loses out $10,000, actually loses out $9,000, because even in uh, after the first witnesses came, the, the slave would have received $1,000 for his tooth. After the second set, he was, he was about to get $10,000 instead. So the second set, after they're found to be false, they are making the slave lose out on $9,000. That's why they have to pay the slave $9,000. So that all makes sense. Now that we understand the case of the Baraita, Now we understand that Hachasha, the uh, contradiction of testimony, which in this case, the first two sets of witnesses contradict each other. Even though the first, it doesn't matter what order, they still contradict each other. So the second set of uh, testimony, the middle one, they are on the one hand contradicted by the first set of set of um, uh, witnesses, and then they're and then then they're found to be edim zomin. Nevertheless, they still have to pay. So you see that um, uh, we don't say that if the if there's already contradiction, then there's no such thing as edim zomin. Even though it's contradicted, that's just the beginning of the of the process of finding them false. And now the Adim Zamin just come that this the final nail in the coffin that they are for sure false and they were so brazen to testify about something and they were not even in the in the country. And so they have to now pay. And that is Ravaz proof. That's quite a, an elaborate proof. Amara Baye Lo Rabbi says, no, not, not a good proof. Um, why? Because he says, I can interpret that Baraita differently. That does not in, include a case of three sets of witnesses where one of the, where two sets of witnesses contradict each other and then the third set are Adim Mizimin. Uh, I don't have to say that. I could say it's only talking about two sets of witnesses and still explain all the details. I'm just going to switch around the order that you said. Um, and assume that the second set of witnesses that are contradictory are also the ones that um, said that the first set are Edim Zomemin. So in uh, Abaye's reading, the first set of witnesses come and say uh, that the master knocked out the eye and then knocked out the tooth. And therefore the slave goes free after the eye and they have to pay uh, $1,000 to the slave. Then the second set of witnesses says, number one, uh, we saw what really happened. And it was the tooth first that got knocked out, and then the eye got knocked out. And therefore, see, you're going to have to pay $10,000. Um, and furthermore, those first set of witnesses, they weren't even there at the time. They could not possibly have seen it. And, and therefore, they're totally wrong. They're totally false. 
Uh, that's the case that we're talking about. We see here that in reality, based on the second set of witnesses, the um, since the tooth was out first, the slave went free, and then his eye, the slave was deserving of collecting $10,000. But because of the first set of witnesses that said, no, it was the eye and then tooth, so the slave would get only 1000 So you see that because of that first set of witnesses who lied about the order, the slave would have lost out on nine thousand dollars and that's why when the second set of a second set come and say number one you're wrong it was the wrong order second of all you're a deem zomimin so that's why they the those for that first set of witnesses has to pay the nine thousand dollars to the slave um, but you see here there's no proof for Ravaz ruling rule, rule because here does not it's not once at one step it's a there it was kachasha and then they were found to be zomimin the second set are doing both at the same time and just totally knocking out that first set. It's all part of one uh, testimony that's saying the first ones are not only not not only what could they not have been there, but we also know better. And so that therefore it's not a two-step process. And so there's no proof for Rava according to Abaye. Now Abaye says, and how do I know I'm right? The continuation of that very Braita also has a case where you have one set of witnesses and then another one comes and in the Sefa, the second set of witnesses switches around what the first set of witnesses and they also are Edim Mizimin that say that the first set of witnesses couldn't have been there. So since in the Sefa, they switch them around and so they're Hachasha and Edehazama all in one. So to in the Resha, the site, there's only two sets and there are Hachasha and Edehazama all in one. We will analyze the Sefa of the Baraita on the next stuff. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen ve'amen.